This episode of Jump Off Point is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support the Boss Rush family of podcasts, head to BossRush.net or our Patreon at patreon.com slash BossRushMedia. Thanks for helping us build something better. Everybody, we are back in the building. This is Jump Off Point. I'm your host, the Enlightened Sighted Eddie B. Unfortunately, everybody, the Wise West Cast tonight couldn't join us this episode. But I got the Wise Wrestle Knight here in the building, Mr. Josh Martinez. Come on, good sir. Hello. Hello. It's been it's been a while, Ed. It has. It really has. And everybody, we have such an amazing special guest. If you love indie, if you love single player games, if you just love a smooth voice, everybody, please welcome the one, the only, the coolest of the cool. And I miss this dude because I haven't talked to him in a while. Everybody, please welcome Sebastian Walden. Hello, good sir. Hello, hello, man. You're giving an entrance like I normally give you, like whenever you appear on my podcast. You you taking like my inspiration of pro wrestling and kind of adopted it into your own intros right there. I like that. <laughs> I like that. But 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 before we begin, I have I must say, finally, the great one, the <laughs> Prince of Podcast, has come back to the yes. Boss Network and their network of podcasts. I have returned to grace y'all, to let y'all bask in my presence. How are y'all doing, man? It's great to be here. We're doing really good. Uh, we have I to love take, that entrance. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Ed, Ed, Ed introduced me a little bit in this way, but I'm so happy there's another wrestling fan here. I've been, I, I mean, Ed's a, Ed likes wrestling, but not, I, I'm, I'm 31 years old, still watching stuff going on right now so so and what like he he's talking about you're a wrestling fan what type of wrestling fan are you like an old school like laps wrestling fan or are you still watching some of the new stuff today a mix i've been doing so i've been watching wwe a lot with roman reigns and, and everything um i've also been watching i've been going through the rocks old um matt every pay-per-view match he's done so i am just at the end of 2000 what was it um vengeance the six mm-hmm. man hell in a cell where rikishi gets thrown off the top of the cell armageddon, into that tr- cell. armageddon my bad my bad mm-hmm. yeah um and oh my gosh that one was so much fun that's a fun one the best i would say the best hell in the cell match of all time like it had because of the stories that layered into it where like i that's to me when wwe was at its best um with like the way they told stories because like they had such nuances between like rikishi coming in with his storyline between mm-hmm. the rock and stone cold and then like the fact that him and triple h weren't on the same page at that time but right. all of them had that core angle of wanting to take on take Kurt Angle's championship belt. Then you also had the mixture of like Kurt Angle like uh, cheating his way to still being champion with uh, the Undertaker around that time, with The Rock around that time, with Austin mm-hmm. mixing in with all that. It's the level of storytelling and how they like how they mixed in those six storylines was masterful. 
One well, and, and we we get the benefit of knowing what's coming because you're seeing the build to WrestleMania 17 with with yeah. the Rock and Stone Cold, and you see it as early as um as Survivor Series with with the Rock and Rikishi. Um, what was it Rebellion? Um, mm-hmm. where the Rock and Stone Cold have like 10 minutes after the match, they're just kind of hanging out in the re- like you can you see it all building because you know where it's going at the time. Nobody had no idea where that was no. going at the time, but but here we are 20 years later, we, we know where it goes and it's um, yeah, no, I, I, I've got a good mix uh, of what I watch. A, um, I haven't watched AEW in a while, but I, I do like watching over there, but yeah, I'm a, I, I, I'm a good mix of the old stuff. I grew up, let's see, ruthless aggression was probably some of the stuff I remember. Cause my okay. parents weren't letting me watch the crotch chops and the middle fingers when <laughs> I was, when I was eight years old, when, when the attitude era was at a tight, but, I mean, I didn't even have to watch to know who The Rock and Stone Cold were. Everybody knew who that was at the no, time. No, they were universal. They were like transcendent, like superstars for mm-hmm. sure. And mm-hmm. like on the AEW thing, I mean, this weekend's a good good time to get back into it. It's double or nothing. The one of the hottest pay per views in the of the year coming up. So that that's fun. But yeah, like you were saying, like a prime time for Attitude Era, and then like the Ruthless Aggression Era was really a really good time to be a wrestling fan. Sorry, Ed, no, I, I know we've been just talking on and on. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's it's that we when we get to it, you guys will find out. Uh, I love the rest of the talk. I, I do enjoy it. Um, well, everybody, we're gonna get into our first section. Is uh, what's jumping, jumping? So Sebastian, what have you been? Playing, what's been jumping in, jumping in your playing, uh, play time? You know, just give us one game. Uh, that's kind of been jumping, jumping. Yeah, one game. Um, oof. Um, I've been playing a lot in the different games, but I'll just give you one game. I've been playing World Championship Boxing Manager Two. And the, one of the reasons why I've been playing this, not only am I a wrestling fan, I'm also, you know, like a mixed martial art fan or a boxing fan. But like this allows you to kind of take on the role as a boxing manager and kind of manage either one solid boxer from like a rookie all the way to the championship level. And you can kind of pick pick and choose like the the way you kind of train this person like the you you're also his promoter. So you also can pick up the fights and different for him or her and such like that. And you kind of manage that all the aspects of like what you think that particular fighter needs to get to the next level and then it has a really solid like um career mode as well so i've been playing a lot of that and one of the reasons i've been playing that is to wet my palate per se because coming and this game is by mega cat studios and since you know josh and i were talking about pro wrestling mega cat studios is like coming out with a upcoming title called WrestleQuest. oh and i'm so excited from WrestleQuest. Yeah. They're the same studio that's making that game. And I decided I was just like, I want to see what they can do. Give them a little give me a little taste, so to speak. A little preview, so to speak. A little entre- a little like appetizers before my entree of WrestleQuest this summer. So been playing a little bit of that, liking it. Definitely recommend it. Nice. Well, Josh, what has been jumping and jumping? Jumping and jumping. What's been jumping, jumping <laughs> in your game time? What what game have you been playing? So before we jumped on, you guys were talking about Spider Man um, from the first one. Um, I I beat that one because of it leaving PlayStation Plus. Um, so I, I wanted to hurry through that before I got on to Tears of the Kingdom, and boy was that fun! 
Oh my goodness, it's so much fun. So kind of Ed knows this about me, but Sebastian, I'm new to PlayStation. I've never owned a Sony console um, until I got a PS5 earlier this year. I've always been a Nintendo guy just throughout my life. Just money never made it so I could get more, but in a position I could get it. So I, I got the PS Plus to kind of catch up on previous PlayStation games from, from PS4 um, as well as this generation. And so Spider-Man was on that list. And I had so much fun. I beat the DLC recently. I beat the um, the main storyline of it. I would have liked to go back because I do like to collect things, but I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I ran out of time. Um, but I'm happy with what I did play, and it got me so much more excited. And then we have the showcase today that got me even more excited for the sequel. Um, Miles Morales is still on PS Plus, so that's on my list to come play. Definitely check it out because like it's a it's six to eight hours, so it's very much a smaller mm-hmm. condensed experience than um, Spider Man twenty eighteen. But like I will definitely say like the collectibles are still there, and it's a really really easy and obtainable platinum to really get as well if you're a platinum kind of guy. But like Spider Man twenty eighteen is one I should I definitely recommend you going back to, especially if um I don't know were you able I don't know if the PS Plus version has like the um game of the year edition where you're able to play through like the dlcs where you're yeah yeah so so it did and um i would so i beat the main quest probably about four or five days before it came off of ps plus and i was able to get the dlc so i went through the whole thing actually by a fortunate mistake my playstation didn't connect to the internet and i was able to play the last um dlc after it had technically been removed but my PlayStation oh. didn't know that because it didn't connect to the internet. Mm-hmm. So I squeezed out the last um, DLC and then it connected to the internet and kicked me out. But I was like, just that was the Silver Sable one. That was a lot of fun. So no, I, I really enjoyed I, that one. I loved my time with it. Um, I, I Great story. Um, the only thing that, I don't know if I, it was a bad thing, but it was definitely, there were so many different villains and it almost switched up villains halfway through the where Mr. Negative was the bad guy. And then the Sinister Six were it in the third act. Again, not a bad thing, but it was just, there's a lot going it, on in terms of the villain. It's the Arkham kind of thing, how there are all these different bad guys that like Batman has to fight and stuff. So in Spider-Man, they kind of do it almost like that too. I will say, yeah. though, like, Ar- Arkham, to me, had a better pace of, like, the way it introduces a villain and such like that, and the way it segmented each and every villain. They all they all had a purpose that, that structured the narrative, whereas, like, mm-hmm. the Sinister Six in um, Spider-Man 2018 almost felt like they were shooed in just to have the Sinister Six there. Like, a lot of those characters didn't necessarily need to be there for the furtherment of that story, whereas you see, like batman in the arkham games like when he faces clayface like clayface has a purpose in that universe like when he faces like um sub-zero and and penguin and such like that like they have purpose in the narrative structure of each and every story to that kind of like okay the there are reasons why these characters are here versus like the sinister six was just like there should be no reason why we had to go through that that bank um boss fight where we're fighting um um was shocker like mm-hmm. as, that was an egregious boss fight first of all but like a, a narrative narratively speaking we didn't need that like at all well and, and they had i thought they had a good balance because i mean kingpin played a role and and how it opened up for um 
on Marty's base, uh, Mr. Negative's crew. And I mean, you spent two acts thinking Mr. Negative was going to be the main bad guy only in the third act when the Sinister Six come in to almost have him relegated just to a member of that and Doc Ock become the main bad guy. So it was like, like you said, the pacing was a little off in that. Despite that, though, I mean, I I'd had a blast with it. I mean, I, I read the comics and I haven't read much of Mr. Negative. So this was my real first introduction to him and it's just a lot of a lot of fun i'm i plan on going to read some spider-man comics now thanks to this game i bet i bet like um one that i'd recommend in the lead up to um spider-man um two is craven's last hunt that that one oh i've read that one that's a good one yeah it it sort of feels like they're adapting aspects of that story for spider-man two Right, right. Yeah, so I've had Marvel Unlimited for several years now, so I've gone in and out of different Spider-Man arcs, but yeah, last Craven's Last Hunt, that was one that is kind of weird because, in a good way, because he's such a goofy bad guy, and it kind of had a dark ending there that just was like, I'm, I'm like, wow, I didn't see that coming, which makes the story exciting. It really does. Mm-hmm. It really does. So, Sorry, Ed, what have you been playing lately? Uh, what, well, what have you been jumping, jumping been... with? Uh, before I get into that, uh, Josh Martinez, if they put Resistance 1, 2, and 3 on it, you are uh, by duty to play those three games. They're still wait, by Insomniac. Resistance. Wait, resistance. Would I like so those games yet? Three. So let me, let me ask you, like, um, Josh, before you dive into Resistance, give me your, like, top five playstation backlogs that you're like what's on the what's on the list of games you're going to play on the ps5 so i i already started this but because of the tier tier to the kingdom coming out as well as spider-man leaving um i started playing horizon forbidden west um i'm about halfway through that one um oh where i'm at the part where you get up to the it's been a couple months now but you're up to this like big pit and the and you're it's it's been a while, man. It's it's I'm in the middle of the desert. I know that much. Um, so let's see. That's on there. Um, the Last of Us Part One is on there. Oh, masterpiece! Ugh. One of the best games, mm. if not the best game of all time, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, I, and mm-hmm. PS Plus has the remastered version of okay. it. Really good. Um, mm-hmm. So that's there. Um, Ghost of Tsushima's on that list. Oh, so good. Yeah, that's a um, good one. Let's see, Final Fantasy VII, um, the remake. Um, I just beat the original Final Fantasy VII last year. Was it last? Yeah, it was last year. So I'm excited to get into this one, especially before Rebirth comes out. And then another one I've sat on for a while um, is Tales of Arise. I know that's not necessarily a PlayStation exclusive, but it's Mm. one that I I really like RPGs, uh, JRPGs in particular. Those are... Um, and I heard you mentioning it. Stories are where I really like my games to have. Mm-hmm. So, um, final that's Final Fantasy is really I'm new to that because I was too young to have the original six on a play on a Nintendo console, and then they went to Sony after seven. So I've been just kind of ticking away at those right now. But yeah, those are mine. I, I've got a bunch on there. Um, I mean, I do like kind of Mario 3D games. So Ratchet and Clank. I know that's not completely mario but it's like a 3d platformer type game 
It's good. That's, it's good. That's Ratchet, on there. Um, Twenty sixteen and the Rift Apart is like really good. I you can almost start with those two and get the, the get the full breadth of the actual story. Jack and Dexter, I, like Ed was saying, is really good as well. Is bad. Yeah, Jack and Dexter. Sly so Cooper. it's 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 Crash, Jack and Dexter, Sly Cooper, and uh, did I say Spyro? Spyro's, I, I don't know if Spyro's on the collection or not, but like Spyro's a good one um, as well. I have that on my Switch. I have because yeah, it was the, those the four platforming games from uh, PlayStation. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daster, uh, Crash, and Spyro. Those the four, okay. Those four were originally owned by Sony, but Crash and Spyro don't. Sony don't own no more. Yeah, because I have um, Spyro: The Reignited Trilogy. Um, those mm-hmm. remakes of the original three games that are on there. So, yeah, I mean, I could go. I've got a long list of of um, games on there that I've been wanting to play. Just, I mean, like I said, I missed a ton um, never having a PlayStation before. So having that, what was one more? I really, Uncharted. I've never played an Uncharted game. So, so question, you, you, know, you said much. you um, jumped into Horizon Forbidden West. Did you not play Horizon Zero Dawn? Oh, sorry. I, I, it was Zero Dawn. That's the one I've, I'm okay. playing right now. I, I don't know why I just jumped to Forbidden with. No, I, I'm Zero Dawn. That's what I'm playing right now. Okay. Or have, um, have been playing. Another good platformer is Astrobot. I don't know if you've ever touched an Astrobot game, but like it comes with a PS5 as well. Oh, that's, I just beat that. I just beat the one, the Playroom game. Yeah. That was Astro a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah, there's some good ones on there. I, you know, like I know we kind of like got sidetracked because like Ed t- talked about resistance, and the reason why I asked is because like you're in such a unique situation to where you can experience almost like the PS4, PS5 generation, which I would argue is like one of the best generations in all of gaming. Is like you could you can experience that for the first time. It's something special, man. Like I'm so jealous because like I almost wish I can like take your memory of all these and experience <laughs> them for the first time all over again. Infamous well, and, is a really good one to check out too, by the way. It's yeah, Infamous. Check out. Yeah. Here, here's infamous the fun thing too. Infamous. Oh, sorry, Ed. Go ahead. Oh, no, I said Infamous and Infamous two. Okay. The you you don't like the Infamous First Light or like Infamous um, Second Son? The third. Um, game? I I just need to finish it. It kind of got kind of like a little bit repetitive and a bit boring. I got gotcha. you um, because it was just like. That's a beautiful game. Love his, uh, love him. But I'm just like, man, this really, really feels redundant. Like, and I mean, too redundant. So I'm just like, the story wasn't picking up or anything. So that's kind of what I had the problem with. It. Beautiful game, kind of fun to play. But I'm just like, if you really want the to understand where the love of Infamous came from, one to two. Uh, we're doing. You need one for the story to understand why two is better in all the right reasons. Okay. Yeah. One, one and two go together. Infamous. You can play Infamous, um, Second Son, and First Light without having to play the the first two and get those and get the the story for both of those really well. And also, Sebastian, to your point of me going through all this for the first time, I did not have the original Final Fantasy VII spoiled for me. So that oh, so that scene. Mm-hmm. So. And I think it's just because having Nintendo, I had no, I didn't pay attention to whatever was going on on PlayStation or PlayStation Two at the time. So I just, I didn't, I didn't know that scene with Aerith 
man, that hit me so hard because hard. I'm like, I had no idea it was coming. I had, and this is 2021. The game mm-hmm. came out in 97 and I'm here at 2022, 21, having no idea what's happening. And it just hits me. And I just was, I had to put the game down for a minute. I'm like, what just happened? And then after, after all that happens and, and her songs playing while you're doing the boss fight, I'm just like, what kind of masterpiece is this, man? This was just, it was a whole, I think it's one of the first times I've been like a game made me feel like an emotion outside of just like enjoyment or or fun. Like I just was like, this, and this is, and this is why I was kind of like, not mad or upset, but kind of just like disappointed in people recognizing narrative and stories. And at the night, God of War, the 2018 one was the first one. It was just like, we had this way back when, but you guys are acting brand new. Like when we had narrative in Final Fantasy VII like that, it was the it was the game that helped people get somewhat into JRPGs, but once again, when shooters and stuff came, that all got ignored. But because God of War was a big game for PlayStation, the 2018 one, and uh, people loved the God of War four, I should say, and people loved it and gave it all this praise and talking about narrative and games, it kind of felt demeaning in a sense that this thing has been here and it took you guys this long to figure it out i will i will say like just uh just to give a little pushback and a little more praise to god of war it's like god of war and the narrative there that the level of acting the level of cinematography the level of like music and score combining with like everything that goes on in that game I can't think of a game that outdoes it at this point. Like I, I can look at uh, the library of games I've played over the years outside of like the last of us and maybe uncharted. Like I can't think of another game that comes close to the pageantry and the, the level of acting that we've seen in that game. Like that's one of the, that's one of the rare games in the medium of video games that we got to see a game, like see a story and a narrative presented in a Hollywood blockbuster way. Like mm-hmm. you could go to a theater and see that played out there and you're going to get emotions like that's a, almost Oscar worthy performance. Whereas like a lot of games that we've seen in and not to throw shade on Final Fantasy seven, that's like a heart wrenching moment. That is a legit moment, but it's the moment. It's not necessarily like the acting leading up to that moment that, that led mm-hmm. to like everything being good because like, uh, and for the Final Fantasy VII, for the most part, especially like him playing the original, it's almost that Link kind of thing where you're projecting like your cloud, so to speak. Cloud doesn't really have like a huge personality, but like right. Kratos has a personality. You're seeing that on full display. You're seeing the way he reacts to living and breathing situations around him. And like he's a nuanced character, especially in 2018 to where like that character's evolved so much from what we where we knew him in the Greek mythology stage. So having all that coming into play, like I don't know if you can put it like this, like you could take Final Fantasy Seven right now and make that into a almost Last of Us style HBO show. And I don't know if it succeeds. If you told me that the same team who did The Last of Us and The Last of Us and um Game of Thrones were also doing a God of War 2018 like story on television. 
I'm, you know, like everyone's going to have faith in that project. I think that's where and, the disparity lies, though. And and I think that's why, and I know we'll move on, but I think that's why when Xenoblade Chronicles 3 comes up and it talks about narrative and voice acting and feeling emotions and all of this, Xenoblade 3 should have did the same numbers God of War did and probably then so. Because even though people just like, oh, it's a role-playing game, I'm like, the same long time that you would have got in God of War is the same time you would have got in Xenoblade and then more. You know, I'm gonna be real with you. I think that's more of a fault of Nintendo. I don't think they put it like this. Like mm-hmm. they didn't treat Xenoblade like they tri- like they treated Tears of the Kingdom. Like the marketing wasn't there for that. Like, like mm-hmm. if you look up to the build up for Xenoblade versus like the build up for Tears of the Kingdom and a Mario game like Mario Odyssey, they get the full treatment. Like they get the red carpet. Like they fully like you have a whole direct to d- dedicated to that sort of thing. And- and and part of the problem, part of the problem with that is that Nintendo really could. Nintendo did do some marketing for Xenoblade Three, mm-hmm. but it's such it, it 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 did the numbers that it was supposed to do, like three million and everything. You know, this is a JRPG, and sometimes JRPGs don't do huge numbers. Definitely when it's on one platform and everything. Most of the Monolith Soft team, when they got finished with Xenoblade Chronicles 3, they had to go back and do uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Like, yeah. they, they literally had to run and, and go do that. And I think Nintendo was doing their best to promote it. It was just at a time that so many games and stuff were coming out. And they knew that Xenoblade Chronicles was has become a big staple to it. Now that they've seen the sales of Xenoblade Chronicles 3, now they see how people talk about it. Because Xenoblade is getting the Tears of the Kingdom treatment, uh, talkative-wise, where nobody, everybody would just like, do not spoil anything about that game. And now people who are who decides to get Xenoblade Chronicles 3, their mouths are dropped. They're hearing the music. They're seeing these emotional beats. And they're going through these chapters, and they're just like, I literally cannot say anything because if I say something and you don't experience what this game is offering, you would not understand. Because people were like that with God of War 2018. They were just like, I don't want to say nothing until you play this game and experience it. So yeah. when that talk about narrative came out and everything, I'm like, these are the games that you should go look for that have a narrative. But once again, but once again, people just... It's, it's something that didn't come on the Sony platform and it wasn't made by the Sony developer. So we're just going to literally ignore it. I, hold on, that's how hold some on, people's like, attitude were. Yeah, I you know, there's always that toxicity no matter what platform you go on. Like, you, we mm-hmm. just had a PlayStation showcase and, and for a lot of people, like uh, a lot of people across the industry and a lot of people's reactions, you can look on Twitter now, like, like a lot of people didn't necessarily find it to be like satisfactory and like uh, xbox like xbox gamers um so to speak are like celebrating right now because they like i can see a lot of them because they don't think like they don't think like they think this is a victory for the like xbox and a detriment to what playstation should have shown and i get that like there's a lot of toxicity no matter what Mm -hmm. like which of the three of the triangle you actually look at but like and it's unfair like a lot of a lot of games get shafted because of that i will say though like you can almost tell like 
Xenoblade and Metroid, like they're on the same tier where like Nintendo treats them almost like cult followings, you know, like cult classics. Whereas like mm-hmm. Nintendo didn't didn't talk about Metroid for y- almost a decade, you know, didn't do anything with that IP. Um, Xenoblade is kind of in that same ball camp. But when you look at like Mario game, when a Mario game comes out, like it's going to get the re- it's going to get like the red carpet treatment. Like when the Z- like right. Zelda game comes out, it's going to get the red treatment. Hell, like at this point, like Donkey Kong is treated with more reverence by Nintendo <laughs> than than um, Xenoblade. You get what I mean? And Donkey Kong's not even like the five one of the pillars and, of Nintendo anymore. And and I and I think that's why when it comes to Microsoft and Sony, a lot of their games wish they did get some treatment like that. The get, I mean. Look at PSVR too. That thing dropped. It was supposed to be the big. There was supposed to be a big lead up in games rolling out. Sony has did nothing with that. Microsoft with Halo Infinite. Um, that was supposed to be a big rollout, big big game. Nothing with it. Trust me. If PSVR two and Halo Infinite just got a little praise and a little talk in marketing like Metro Prime Remaster did, those sale numbers would be bigger. Those conversations about those items would be bigger. So I think when Nintendo does get some marketing, because a lot of people just like, I need to see a commercial. Sometimes Nintendo does some cool stuff. Uh, Yoshi's Crafted World and everything, or Yoshi's Woody World. They were doing little things. Be like, oh, it's it's Easter. How about you check out this little thing and then have a little Yoshi with an egg and stuff. Like they will figure out ways to market that thing. Uh, that they can. I mean, they try their best, and once sometimes, once it's over, I mean, once the game release, um, regardless of what sales numbers it does, sometimes it's just be like, hey, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, we might not push it at this time, but we're gonna, be, we're gonna come and take a montage of stuff and then put it out. Cause like even Splatoon, when Splatoon came out, even Nintendo wasn't promoting it that well. But now you see commercials with Splatoon in it. You see something with Metroid, Mario Kart, and some of the other games, kid friendly games, I should say. And that's how Nintendo rolls with their marketing. Nintendo tries to market like eighteen games throughout a year, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just like you see you see a disparity between the way they market like Tears of the Kingdom, which got like which really got some really good marketing from Nintendo, and then like Arms, Arms is also a first party Nintendo, but yes. like there's there's a discrepancy there. Um, Josh, what do you think about all this though? We've we've been talking for way too long at this point. <laughs> you know, I I think I agree, and being a lifelong Nintendo fan, you know those do get the the biggest rub out there and they have for a year i mean mario what that's that's nintendo's mickey mouse like that's that's mm-hmm. their their mm-hmm. mascot pretty much and and zelda's probably the your, your number two in there and i mean you you go down the way there and like you said arms um i mean even with pikmin 4 getting ready to come out i don't feel like we got that we got that thing in in the direct a couple months ago and that's it. It's supposed it supposed to come out this summer sometime. We yeah, haven't, we haven't seen it. Right? July. July. Yeah, July. July. So yeah. July. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, you know, to Xenoblade's credit too, we got a little bit more, but they even cut their marketing time on that because that game was originally set to come out in the fall. And they switched it with was it Bayonetta three? They switched oh, places they switched with it. it with Splatoon. Was this okay with Splatoon they switched yeah. it with? So, yeah. And they released yeah, Xenoblade the- 3 in um, July. And, you know, I, I think 
there the people who love that game really love that game. I don't think For that sure. your your mm-hmm. your base isn't the issue on that game. I think it's getting you know new gamers in there, and and that's a tough thing. JRPGs can be just sometimes tough with a un- if you're not used to the gameplay, it's different. But yeah, I mean, you know, Sebastian, I don't know if I picked up on it until you were kind of laying it out there and i'm like no he's, he's right like you you see the red carpet rolled out for these big titles the big two really mm-hmm, and sure. don and i think donkey kong gets that rub mainly because by technicality it's a technicality but it's mario's a spinoff of donkey it, kong exactly <laughs> so it's within the mario kind of universe Actually, of things that depends on the way that you look at it if you want to be a Patreon producer, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Media, and find out which tier is right for you. Our Patreon producers at the $5 tier or higher for this month are Adriel Munger, Austin Campbell, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support. Because Mario Brothers was out on the Atari before Donkey Kong came out. Yeah, it, it kind of depends on the, your perspective, but like I think. It, but they no, largely it, accept Donkey Kong in the same universe as Mario. Like, yeah, whenever... because they put him in the movie, man. They put him yeah. in the movie. <laughs> well, well, yeah, because Donkey Kong, the uh, Donkey Kong had Mario in his video game as an arcade, but Mario Brothers did start as an arcade also, and it wasn't the Super Mario Brothers platform that everybody think it was. It was a one. It was a one kind of like level, and it kind of changes. And you know, when it came out. Uh, for consoles, it came out on Atari before Nintendo even published anything. For uh, yeah, it was like when those spiky, console. the spiky things would come out. You're jumping up underneath them, trying to flip them. I don't even know how to play that game. I just know what you do in it. I just, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know how to win that game. It's. I have a couple games like that, and that originals like the original original Super Mario Brothers. That's the one. I just don't. I don't know what I'm doing. I just know. Oh, hit hit the platform underneath this. It flips them over. Cool. That's I know what I'm doing. I mean, Pigment's a good example, though. I mean, like, uh, like Ed, if you were, if like the three of us did an exercise on like how important, not necessarily that we see Nintendo franchises, but like the mm. way we feel like Nintendo sees their franchises right now, like. You know, like we would have Mario and Zelda at the top tier. They would be A. They would be A tier, and then like everything trickles downwards from there. And then somewhere deep down, deep down around, like I don't know if we can go all the way to Z. Is Earthbound? It's like you know, like where where like the level of importance so for Earth, that. Would so Earthbound is a very weird one. The history of Earthbound, and I think mm-hmm. people need to go research it. Nintendo yeah, sure. really the way that that thing is around there's a lot of legal ease going on with that game so that's why it's not the way that you know it's not the way that it is because we never got earthbound beginnings until the wii u version and the earthbound beginnings f-zero we got on super nintendo so we did get that is that an IP that we um, that's like trapped in a legal battle? Is that why they don't do anything with that? No, uh-uh. there. Um, so F Zero, uh, F Zero did have games, and it had mm-hmm. an arcade port because Nemco did it. Um, okay. There's just 
at at this point in time, Mario Kart 8 is doing such big numbers. There's no need for F Zero game just for right now. And some of those racing games that like Fast RMX and, and everything, even though those are good, um, there's not a big fan base for F Zero. But like Nintendo said, that doesn't rule it out that they wouldn't they wouldn't do it. It's just that right now Mario Kart is such a big IP that's doing them numbers. Even if they put out uh uh F Zero, it wouldn't do the same numbers. It'll probably surpass a million or two million, but it has to be in the place where they know that gamers are gonna go out and get it. Yeah, I get the, I get the concept behind you know. it. I was just wondering, you know, like we were talking about like how like the the IPs that Nintendo obviously cherishes and like mm-hmm. the way you described F-Zero now is like they like that IP, but they're not going to marry yeah. that IP. It's almost like you're dating someone and like you're like, OK, I can I'll give this like a, another first date like that person can go on my contact list, but I'm not hitting them up. I'm not calling them and saying, it- let's let's go out, you know? And Nintendo doesn't want to put that IP out just to satisfy fans. Because then that seems more of a money crash grab kind of thing. And that just feels like, oh, you just put this out for the fans. Even though you got us excited, even though you did the announcement stuff, you put it out. And regardless of reviews or stuff, some people might be like, uh, it's not what I expected. It's not what I wanted. I'm like, but if you just been... I don't want to say crying for uh, F-Zero, but if you've been anticipating for an F-Zero game and it didn't deliver, um, you know that Nintendo, uh, and it's not that Nintendo didn't put their all in it or anything. Nintendo sometimes don't, Nintendo just don't want to put stuff out just to be doing, putting stuff out. They feel that the quality is right. Um, or they feel like the time is right, they'll go in and work with it. Some of the new, some of the new people who are coming into Nintendo right now, making the games and being directors that we gotta, that I need to the straight learn the stuff. Some of them could probably go into Nintendo, and be like, I want to pitch a new F Zero game. I want to give some ideas. Here's a design. Here's this and that. And Nintendo might say, okay, cool, but they might bounce off ideas and stuff and everything. And if if Miyamoto and all of the old older folks who are looking over these games and producing these games, if they're asking questions and they can't give them an answer, they're not going to be like, okay, we're not, they're going to be like, we're not going to do your game just yet until you figure this out. Because the thing about it is, we want to make sure that when it comes out, your game feels like you and it's original and it's polished and stuff. We don't want it to feel like, oh, it feels like this game, this game, this game, this game, this game. You could be inspired and, and take those things, but we want to still make sure that not only does it feel like you, but it feels like a Nintendo game and nothing else. Yeah, I think- I'm sorry I got us off course here, but you know, no. like I, I think this is an intriguing like Nintendo powwow question is like the state of like dormant Nintendo franchises, and I think that's a really I think a whole episode could be done on that one and. Uh, if I'm also throwing out a Nintendo powwow like a uh, topic of like episode, I think another one could be also done on like franchises that we would like to see returned and what they would look like in twenty two like twenty twenty three. You know, like two things that I think would be really interesting like conversations to have. Me, me and Corey talked about, and then I'll talk about uh, what's been jumping jumping in mind. Me and Corey talked about <laughs> Nintendo. 
me and Corey talked actually just like if Nintendo worked with Remedy to make uh, Eternal Darkness, that needs to happen. I literally feel like Nintendo and Remedy uh, could take Eternal Darkness, do a remake, and it would literally work. It, because, you know, Remedy works well in the supernatural. Now, their gameplay sometimes is very questionable, but I think with Nintendo directing Remedy, like helping them out and polishing some stuff, I think an Eternal Darkness from them will literally work. That would I'm, get people literally people literally talking. You know, the you know, and I'm not trying to be facetious here. Like I also like I don't think either company needs each other at this point. Like if I'm looking at oh, no. if Remedy, like because Remedy is killing it with Alan Wake and Control right now, like. Two games that are almost at the prime of, of prime examples of like in both of their mediums, especially in the supernatural genre. Mm-hmm. And then like I don't know if Nintendo has any interest in doing anything like that, especially considering what they think is an actual like a supernatural game in their portfolio is probably what Luigi's Mansion. That's like the closest thing they actually want to get to doing a native like first party Nintendo supernatural like suspenseful well, they, almost they- horror game there. They own stake in uh, what's the code tech one one with the camera? Uh, um, Fatal Frame, Fatal Frame, Fatal yeah. Frame. Yeah, Nintendo has stake in Fatal Frame. So if they want an exclusive Fatal Frame for code tech mode, they can. Now the yeah. last one that came out, the last one that came out that went on PlayStation, Nintendo, Nintendo was fine with it because they make money from that. But the thing about it is, Nintendo can't publish it. Code tech mode has to publish it. Yeah, that's true. It, it's it, you know, it's a tricky pickle there. What were you gonna say, Josh? Though we interrupted you. <laughs> no, I just was going back a little bit. I think we're to a point with F Zero where more people think Captain Falcon from Smash Brothers and not act, an actual F Zero game. Because I mean, I looked it up. Two thousand four was the last F Zero game that released. So we're we're closing in on twenty years since the last F Zero game. So there are pr- probably plenty of people who just think Captain Falcon's a Smash character and not yeah. and, and, from anything else. And, and the thing about F-Zero, if they play the Super Nintendo version or any version, F-Zero is hard as ever. It is it is hard. No kid would be able to play F-Zero. You need to, you need to be a car enthusiast, and you need to know how to control. You have to dedicate a lot of time or even a year to learn of all of F-Zero in order to play that game because that game is literally hard. Of course, you have to tone it down nowadays, but it's a hard game. Yeah, I at this point you you almost like I'm kind of with Josh here. It's like uh, you should take the IP of Captain Falcon and make that into like a different game all on its own. Maybe an action platformer, maybe like a Bayonetta type of game or something like that. And like may like I think one of the cool things, and I'm not even a Tears of the Kingdom fan, like, but one of the cool things they're doing with Zelda is revolutionizing the way like modern day players see that franchise. And you know that's a cool thing. It's like is god of war 2018 did it like sometimes like a ip needs a fresh up and needs a, a glow up so to speak and you can do something different with an ip even though that's not traditionally what was done in the past i'm like maybe captain falcon's prime for that sort of thing and nintendo always tries to do something new with their ip 
generic thing. I think sometimes it it does wait. They do wait on the technology because Metroid Dread, the reason why it came out the way that it did, it had to. It literally had to wait for the right time. And even the director said we had ideas and the stuff that we wanted to uh, put into it and execute. We couldn't do it because of the, the technology. And now look like Mercury Steam, a company that um, that got hated because of that Castlevania game on PlayStation Three. How do yeah. how how a company get not, not I won't say hated? They got dogged on because of that Castlevania game, and then they made Simmons Return, and that as a remake, and they were just and that got people recognizing and talking about them, and because that game was somewhat a hit game on 3DS, that just showed Nintendo be like, oh, we're going to continue to work with you guys and everything, and we got Metroid Dread. And they let Mercury Steam do what they want to do, incorporated their ideas, looked at Mercury uh, Metroid Dread from the 2000s, and bam, we got the game that they that they wanted to bring years in the past, but just couldn't because of the technology. Yeah, that's interesting. So, uh, but for me, jumping, jumping to the game, <laughs> like you guys could just watch Nintendo Pop like well, how I feel about that game. Like I'm on the I, I could go to the fourth area, um, but right now I'm just uh doing a lot of exploring, like I said, a lot of laughing, um and just like finding more shrines. Like I haven't even did the gloom and I haven't even did the uh, sky stuff, a lot of the sky stuff. Like, there's so much in this game, so much unexpectedly that I cannot wait to get more into it. Now, Ed, so when you say laugh, when you say laughing, you, you mean you, you mean you committing war crimes against the Koroks? No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about laughing that uh, I'm witnessing stuff like Hestu doing the song and dance every time he gets a Korok seed. Like, that is funny. Just running along and an enemy pops up. Like, um, Shabash, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, you can get chased by some of the trees in yeah, the game. Mm-hmm. Where they pop so, out of the earth and start walking towards you. Yeah, I'm not just like, wait a minute, when did this start to happen? I was playing like a couple of days ago when I first noticed in them, I screamed and just like, what is going on? But then I realized that I could shoot them with a fire arrow and then they catch on fire dancing. And I was just like, even finding enemies is a scientific game. Like, and I just started laughing uh, and everything. It, it's, it's been so much funniness in it, uh, in everything. I don't, I wish I could get to the Giga clan and stuff, but, um, Man, just just running to like enemies and stuff, uh, and and just having that kind of fun and seeing some of the characters and what they say and everything. It, it's been such a fun ride. With, I mean, Ed, yeah, Ed just, laughing at some wholesome reasons in this <laughs> game, while the rest of us out here launching Koroks in, into the stratosphere. <laughs> those, those are those, I mean, that's funny because everybody's doing it and everything, and it's a good thing. But I think. I, I I'm laughing at, I, <laughs> I, I, you know what? I love them. You know, I think it's a good challenge in everything. Uh, if you want to take upon that challenge in everything, other other than that, it's it's going to Hatino Village and just listen to the music and um, 
being defeated so many times, but still going back and trying different things and be like, okay, if I can't beat it, I'll go get stronger, then come and uh and whoop whoop on them. Those three headed dragons are nothing to play with. I do you talking about booking it? I've been booking it in Tears of the Kingdom. Like mm-hmm. I, I've been running almost everywhere and stuff. So but uh right now I'm doing the newsport uh the newspaper reporting. So those are like kind of like uh, additional side quests um, that you that give you good rewards like money and uh, food or recipes and stuff like that. It's been really fun just finding out different things at different stables and stuff. So like the game is deep. Like I said, I haven't even touched the touched the sky or really touched the gloom part. Stuff. You know but what? It's, I'm it's I'm thoroughly happy that y'all are enjoying this game. I really am. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. So, um, but everybody, it's time for point it out where we, um, uh, kind of you we take our uh topics from the trending section of Twitter or other social media and have a discussion. But we're gonna do that uh next week, um, next time we record because. I have two topics for these guys, and I cannot wait to discuss it. And this is the first topic. AEW Fight Forever release date announcement. Now, this is what <laughs> I, 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 I got. The, I, I seen the tweet, and uh, I hit up, uh, uh, I hit up um, Josh and said, Hey, should we talk about this on uh, Jump Off Point? Sebastian, here's your response. How dare die? You can't talk about AEW Fight Forever without the Prince of Pro Wrestling Games, a.k.a. The Chimp, a.k.a. me. And then you put the Rock gift with the come on. So, I believe I invited invited you and said, you better come on Wednesday then for a jump off point, good sir. You know you always invite it. Oh man, thank you so much for always having me. But I believe, you know, like I, I believe some some of the the nuance of the that comment was kind of left out there. Like Josh, um, did you interpret it like like he 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 spelled it out just now? No, I, I interpreted it much, much differently than, than how Ed yeah. Ed, how dare they? You can't talk about AEW Fight Forever without the Prince of Pro Wrestling Games. It, he's, he's quoting The Rock. He's mm-hmm. like, like, like when when Chris Jericho debuts. But and that's what Sebastian said to me. Yeah, yeah. You, you. What we're saying is, you gotta say it with some flair, like with some fire. You know what? With that hot <laughs> fire, you gotta s- smell. What we're cooking here, you know? <laughs> uh, it, it's, like, it's like you're smelling what we're cooking, but you're not smelling what we're cooking. You know what I mean? I, I, I took it. I read it as something completely different. It's just, how dare that? I'm like, how dare that? I'm like, hold on. Wait. Hold, you know what? You better come on this uh, podcast then and talk about it. Because I'm just like... How did you start a sentence with a half there die? I'm like, what? Wait, hold on. 
and I and I just asked Josh, I'm like, should we should we talk about this? Because I know you guys are wrestling fans. Um, I don't know the person who's actually doing the announcement or anything because I don't watch AEW. I'm at work at a lot of times that it's all and stuff. So I was just like, here's a trader, Josh. What are your thoughts about it, Sebastian? What are your thoughts about it? If you guys want to talk about it, you can. Um, the game is releasing June 29th. Um, so, uh, what are your thoughts about this trailer or, you know, it coming out? Josh, you can you, take it off first. This is a good thing in my opinion, because, you know, as longtime wrestling fan, Sebastian, you'll agree here, competition always breeds your best product. It's what created the Attitude Era. Um, back in the 90s and the 2000s was having that rivalry with WCW. And now you can argue AEW is not quite on that level of WWE, but having competing video games will force them to go, especially where WWE had a very rough go at its video game back a couple of years ago because forcing them to take a whole year off with, with how... WWE 2K20 came out. Um, they come back with 2K22. People say it's in the right direction. 23's kind of enhanced that. Now having another, having AEW starting to put out games, especially games by THQ, who did a lot of those original top games for, on the N64. Um, you, so you, you've got... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you so you've got like a good basis for competition that i think it doesn't allow anybody to become complacent and us as fans we we're just going to benefit by having that competition because now they're going to try and one-up each other because while ratings wise wwe might be ahead of AEW in the video game realm i i see them a lot more closer and that could force the better competition and and not allow say wwe to put out a, a lackluster game because people will just hop over to AEW's game so I, I like that we're having both companies putting out games. It's the right call, especially given how much drama's gone on behind this with the with the right stuff. Um, I need to look up exactly what that was, but there was they they originally had the debut for February and they had to push it back until they could get some clearance. And then CM Punk's whole drama with, yeah. with the company has been a lot of issue as well. So it's nice to see that finally get over a lot of that and be out because there's a lot of fun wrestlers who you can control in this game yeah I, that was extremely well said josh and i agree with everything you said 100 percent. but before we continue i do want to acknowledge uh, you know like i i don't know if you caught that josh but did you see the way that this man busted up in a cold one like a cold steve wise around <laughs> talking just now <laughs> he busted up with that can like he was stone cold steve austin <laughs> it's yeah oh it's a dr pepper this time what, that's what the strawberry one Strawberry, is strawberry cherries cream. as well? No, it's no, a strawberry, strawberry and cream. Oh, okay. yeah, gotcha, gotcha. I think they took the cherry one out because they oh, uh, discontinued. Yeah, they discontinued it at our store. Oh, I see okay. it every now and then at my store here, which I just go and buy them. I'm, which Ed and I are on ops. I'm in Utah. Ed's in Chicago, so we're completely different side of the country. But I, yeah, I, I get. I have to buy the zero because diabetes runs in my family so i gotta you know keep an eye on some things so i I drink the zeros um but yeah they have the strawberry cream for zero it's pretty good um i bought cherry honestly a month ago so maybe it's dropped off since then but 
They do. They do have it. But no, Ed, Ed, you about to get scrutinized for every little thing you do that's going to remind us of wrestling. Yeah, Just you for wait, sure. Ed. <laughs> for sure, for sure. That that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up. And I think like a good t- tail of the tape of like the soda thing is going to be what you know, like the movie um, dispensers, like the automatic ones where you go press the button and such like that. If it's there, if it's gone in the, one of those, like you know, it's gone forever at that point. Mm-hmm. But, like. Cause they got every flavor it feels like, but, um, you know, going back to AEW fight forever, well said, Josh, like I agree with you a hundred percent. I think it was GCW, the independent, um, independent, like gaming, uh, not independent gaming, but independent wrestling promotion that wanted to like promote, like protest the, the game being called fight forever because they said like their fans also say fight forever, which is a common nomenclature of just pro wrestling in general right now. Like mm-hmm. Nakamura, like Nakamura and Sami Zayn had a match at NXT Takeover some years ago, and they were saying "fight forever" it, while they were fighting. So I mean, while they were doing their match, so it's just a common thing that's being said across all wrestling platforms. It was a stupid lawsuit, and thank God it was over. Then, like you said, the CM Punk controversy with um, the way he basically handled the situation with the Elite and the backstage brawl there, kind of like. Yeah, that kind of delayed the delayed things even further, and then they had like a ratings kind of debacle where like mm-hmm. uh, the game was being rated M in some territories, and they were pushing hard for that T rating. So yeah, it's been a long time coming, and yeah, thankfully this isn't like develop quote unquote development hell like we see with some games where like you know the mm-hmm. development process is the reason why it's delayed, but like. Yeah, it's a long time coming. I'm excited. Um, we're getting a lot of wrestlers here. I did notice that, um, sadly, it feels like a lot of wrestlers who I would have liked to see in this game are are like missing from the roster here, and mm-hmm. and I I don't know why because you know like a lot of these people are like people who've been a part of AEW since almost day one, if not like year one. So I I'm curious to see why we are missing some of those additions, but. There are people in this game that I think aren't even in AEW anymore at this point. So I'm like, it is, it is crazy to me. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Um, this game kind of feels like No Mercy did back back for like back in the Nintendo 64 era. So you know, like if you're a laps wrestling game wrestling gamer, I feel like this will get you back in. And one of the things too, I think, in terms of its release, I think. If there is a positive that comes out of all this delay, it's that it separates itself by a couple months from WWE 2K23. Because if yeah. it came out in February, it would have been February AEW, WWE March. And they would have just swallowed up each other. But, you know, WWE got its time. I think the anticipation on that game's cooled. And now AEW can come in here in, in July um, and and really shine on its own. You know, it gives it its space. And when you're a new company that's only been around for, what, four years at this point, you need that. You need that space to really shine. It's why they don't have a, a show that goes up against Raw. Or, I guess they do have one up against SmackDown. But, I mean, they're they're not they're trying to create their space for them so that they can compete there. I mean, so I just think that giving that, that space is a really good, um, you know, it was a blessing in disguise to have it come out in July rather than having it try to compete with 2K23 because if you're you're going to lose, uh, I don't know, the AEW fans are very passionate about it, but if you're trying to attract in, you know, both fans, 
WWE's got the name recognition that's going to win over the majority of the time. But this way, you've got both that can have that can really live on their own. Oh yeah, but I, wrestling gamers are like wrestling gamers and wrestling fans are passionate. I'm talking about. Oh passionate. my goodness! If something stinks, we we talk about it. Like if if Vince or Tony Khan makes a bad decision, um, booking wise, we rant about that thing for days. Like we are like fire breathing dragons when it comes. You think gamers are bad? Like wrestling <laughs> fans are really bad. Like. We haven't forgiven um, Vince McMahon, and this has almost been, what, like five years for breaking the Undertaker streak. Like, we are still upset about that at this point, like that, especially to Brock. Oh, we're we're going on 10 years on that, because that was WrestleMania 30, and we just had 39. So, yeah, that's true. We're going on, I mean, it's what built Brock Lesnar to what he is today, and we still hate it. Like, it's just... It's it's sour. It still feels sour in our, our mouths. But like like you were saying though, like if this game came out and it's also like has any negatives, we're gonna highlight those negatives and we're gonna compare and contrast those with WWE 2K. And we're also like if this game stinks, by the way, which hopefully it won't. Like we are for sure going to talk about the the deficits that it has I, compared to WWE. I, I think you'll probably give like eight. Ooh, right I think you're being generous. Like. I, like, I mean, to because to, the reason why I say it'll probably get an eight because it is a new IP um, of a wrestling game that that is coming out, even though it is kind of licensed and stuff. Um, and so I think at least with eight, because don't forget you still have Street Fighter Six coming out, so you got you got the those kind of fighting uh, players. You got wrestling with a AEW. Soon you'll have Tekken eight and stuff, and everybody will be in their own lane in wrestling. And if all of them are done very well, done good, I definitely is it is summertime. So a lot of people are be going to be doing a lot of stuff, uh, do their backlog, um, probably watching the summer game fest and all of that, and the conferences and stuff. I think uh, eight from a lot of places will give people to be like, you know what, I'm going to go buy this game. Because I'm like, it's getting a good average score. And I'm not talking about Metacritic, but I'm just like, if it's getting a lot of 8s and 8.5s and maybe a 9 somewhere here and there, a lot of people are going to go out and pick it up. And if there is talk about that game that people recommend are playing this, then yeah, people are going to buy it. Because then that also puts more pressure on uh, 2K for the WWE games because now they can't go under an 8. If they come up with a new game and it's a 6, oh, that's it. It's going to be a wrap. And, and just like you guys said, as wrestling fans and as wrestling gamers, you will let them know. Because all the comparison from AEW will come out and that's going to jump the sales. So I think if, if they just even achieve an 8 for a review, from different places, that's Here, good for them for a new IP. Yeah, I, th- I think you're, I think you're running the money, and I think that's an optimistic perspective of like, uh, of what this game is going to project out to be, and I think that's a, that's a really good thing. But I feel like here's some hurdles that this, it's got to overcome that, that like, wrestling fans are going to grade and and wrestling people who are probably going to actually like critique this game, especially with like. 
the way the industry works where like usually like people who are fans of wrestling games review wrestling games but like mm-hmm. the the modes i think are what's going to detract some points there where like this has a career mode but there's no my gm mode like there's no like they're only the modes are lacking because we only have like the exhibition mode a career mode and the creator superstar mode that's it that's the only modes we have in this game compared to what we've experienced over the decades long um, path of not just like WWE games with the WWE 2K series, but even like W like here comes the pain and like those games that pre- like that, that sort of predecessor, the predecessors for the, the like WWE 2K games, like those had modes in it. They had a, my GM mode. They had like a factions mode. They had different things that would also add longevity in gameplay right now. We just got, an exhibition mode and a career mode and i feel like even on the exhibition side have did y'all look at like the the match types that we're supposed to have yeah there's a pretty long list of them um that at least if i'm remembering them right yeah so um so you said you've watched AEW for a while, but you kind of got a little lapsed on it. Can you remember, give me the the match types that you remember like watching on television? Um, this is largely I don't watch it as much, largely because I don't have a cable subscription, so I'm kind of just yeah. reading about it. But I mean, there's what um, Texas Tornado um, mm-hmm. tag yeah. match. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, the <laughs> I remember this one. This was a jab at Vince McMahon, the Blood and Guts match. Mm-hmm. With the with the barbed wire, um, the barbed wire in the ring. Um, yeah, they they have their their standard like your ladder matches and your. Um, oh, I'm totally blanking on what other, but those two, the tornado was it the tornado death match and the and the blood and guts. Those are the ones that I remember. I think they do the first blood matches still because WWE won't do that because they're not trying to draw blood anymore. Here's the thing, though, like like. You're listing some that they have in real life in the, in AEW right now. Mm-hmm. Here's the ones they have in the video game. All the match types. Single, tag team, not tag team tornado, just tag team. Three-way, which is, you know, a, a three-way six-man tag match. Or, or, no, wait, that's not even a three-way six-man tag because it only says, like, it'll only let you do tag matches up to two tag teams right now like so you can control the the two players so it's a three-way match which is a triple threat match a four-way which is a fatal four-way match a ladder match a casino royale match a false count anywhere match an unsanctioned lights out match which is basically a hardcore match where you can use weapons and then Mm -hmm. an exploding barbed wire death match blood and guts isn't even in this game man (laughs) that i mean that was that 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 was a huge thing. I remember because Vince McMahon was all on how we don't mutilate ourselves anymore, yeah. and so Tony Khan's like, "Well, we do." Here's a blood and guts match. Here, here are some of the matches we've gotten on television that aren't in this game, and this. So, like the Stadium Stampede match, which is a staple mm. of AEW, like one of the biggest rivalry matches we've gotten in AEW history is a Stadium Stampede match. Not in this game. Uh, blood and guts not in this game deletion match the deletion has become a like staple of aew not in this match also three-way tag team matches they have a trios championship how do you not have three-way tag team matches in this game man well, especially when you when where's, you got the box my royal and... rumble equivalent i want my royal rumble equivalent that's, that's the casino like battle royale but like the casino battle royale so you you at least have that in this but you only get to have 
I think they said four people in the ring at one time. So it's not like a battle royal, like a Royal Rumble feeling, like where you the ring is full. Like on WWE side of things, right now you can have like six to eight people in the ring at one time mm-hmm. during a Rumble Rumble match. When one of those people is eliminated, another person comes in. This is four. Yeah. This is four. This is lacking, and that's why I said like. I mean, that's why I said, like, I don't think y'all had the context of why I said, like, an eight might be a little generous. I think, I think this is going to be a fun time. I'm excited for this game. But I'm also looking at it to where, like, looking at everything that's lacking into this mode, like, everything that's lacking in this game, I feel like if they get an eight, I feel like this game, gameplay-wise, superseded everything that it possibly could. And I and for a first time at bat, I find that hard to believe, you know? Right. Yeah, and I and I mean at this point, I think it's about getting a decent enough grade that you can justify going like continuing on so you can improve on whatever you have. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you get a low enough grade on that, then they're not gonna green light that because if you pull in obviously you pull in a three, four, even a five, I think you that this starts question: Do we keep doing these video games? You guys really kind of screwed up on this last one because they don't have the they don't have the benefit that WWE does, where they have a long standing run of games. Even prior to the two K games, you, I mean, two K twenty was a stinker, and they just took a year off and came back with a better game. AEW doesn't have that benefit because if this one doesn't do good, they're gonna have a harder time getting another game green lit. So you know, I think you've got to get. I don't know if somewhere between a six and a seven above that would obviously be really good, but enough that you can get it so you can go forward and you can add to it more. Because I think, you know, in my opinion, why it's lacking a lot in this game is probably because they're like, let's see where this goes. If this does well, then we can expand it out further. And you I, and I they've agree. got to show. So, you know, that's where I think if they can make what they have work well, then I think it's going to be good. Cause you know, I think this is really a good chance for AW to really make a good name for itself, especially in the video game world. Where's the Iron Man match? Like uh, Iron Man, like Kenny Omega, like revitalized the Iron Man matches, especially with um, AEW. Like look at what the match he had with Daniel Bryan, where it ended in a draw, but like they had a, well well deserved like five-star match and then um hangman adam page his match with daniel bryan also an iron man match fantastic well two of the best matches in AEW's history were iron man matches uh, and way, mjf just had one too that oh, is yeah, helping establish sure. him uh further because i mean he's he gets that that knock of being oh you know just this the talker and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff but put him in that iron man match it did what it did for the rock back in 2000 where it really just established him further as, as more than just the guy who can tear it down on the microphone. So to not have that in the game is really, especially where WWE is not doing Iron Man matches like they no. used to. So it's like, this is the chance to different. So it's, it's a bummer to not see it, especially where, Oh, who was MJF's against? I'm totally spacing MJF's on MJF's was against Daniel Bryan because that I mean, was Daniel the whole... Bryan, just the Iron he's Man. He's the Iron Man, man. Like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Like, he's killing it. All three, all three, like, five-star Iron Man matches in AEW's history was 
Daniel Bryan participated in all of them. Did he lose all mm-hmm. of them? Yeah, sure, he lost all of them. But like, he <laughs> participated in every single one of them. That, and I that man, that man puts over so many people in those matches, he and he so, and he doesn't lose any shine off of them either, which is just great. He does, and I mean, like a steel cage. Steel cage matches have been in w, like been in wrestling match games since the nineties. There's not a steel cage match here. There's no steel cage match in this game whatsoever. That's been a staple since Jimmy Snuka flew off the steel cage back in the 1980s. I wonder if it's budget stuff. So budget and developer. Sorry. How, how do you make a ladder match but not a steel cage match at this point, though, you know? You need to have something to throw Darby Allen off, and you can't keep throwing him off of ladders. Thank you, thank you. I'm like Darby <laughs> Allen's there to be darted, just darted, or for you, or for you to just again. budget time developers. You know, I get that, but I mean, also, are reviewers going to get that though? I mean, like, like I, you know, you get what I'm saying, like. That's yes. when you said eight. I'm like, oh man, I don't think he knows about like all the stuff that feels missing in this. Also, when this game was announced, like announced back in the day, we were supposed to get 50 plus wrestlers. Right now, we got 41. Right now, we got 41. I don't know where these Magic Nine are going to come from, by the way. And like DLC, uh, that that it's like we weren't supposed to get DLC with this game. I'm like, it was supposed to be just a straight up game, like originally, and then like. Mm-hmm. To add more like fuel to the fire, there it's like it, we got forty one wrestlers, and then like if you look at the roster of people like currently, uh, at least ten to twenty percent of these current wrestlers that are in this game aren't even with the company anymore. Cody Rhodes works for WWE. He just appeared at the main event of WrestleMania. He's in this game. I'm like, it may be. I wonder if it's a contract thing too. It's probably that, that man. Yeah, that man pulling the Rick Rude, but in video games. Hmm. Where he's, I just noticed that, and I just noticed no Tony Storm in here. Uh, a staple, like no. Here's here's the here's a crazy thing. FTR. Where's where's Dax and Hardwood? I mean, they've been there since the beginning, and right now they're your tag team champions of the world. Well, and that's yeah. That, honestly, you could argue they're the most over tag team in wrestling right now. I mean. Sami Zayn and, and Kevin Owens are great, but FTR gets the reaction to wherever they go. So it's like it's like if you were to create a WWE game and leave out like the Usos or or uh, KO and Sammy, it's like, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's nuts. I just and think about it like this: like I think the most over tag team in the world right now are like the acclaimed uh, AEW tag team where. I, you haven't watched the product in a little bit, but like the the scissors and everything like that, like and like they they are over. Like people are chanting with them. Their music comes on. Like the uh, one like one member of the claim like does a rap. Everyone's like hyped about his rap as he raps out mm-hmm. the ring. Like he is over in a way I haven't seen anyone like anyone a tag team be over since like the Dudley Boys and the New Age Outlaws. And, right, wow, the boys. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I had to take you back there with the them Dudleys, but yeah, it's and that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like the hurdles here that a lot of people are expecting to be in a game of this magnitude, even because, like, fair or not, this is going to get compared to the other product. Like, mm-hmm. it, it might not be fair, but this is going. No one's going to say like, "Oh, this is their first game. Give them a give these guys a break." We don't do that in wrestling. 
You well, and I mean, too, th- times have changed since the Monday Night Wars. WWE mm-hmm. is the standard. It is what yeah. everything is compared to. Um, back back in the 90s, WCW had a leg up that they could say, no, we're, we're peers in this. In this day and age, WWE is is the standard. And so I think when you compare, this game will get compared to it, especially with how many former WWE people are in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good. I mean, you got Daniel Bryan, you got Moxley, you've got... Um, um, Cody Rhodes, obviously. <laughs> Co- Cody Rhodes, Ru- Ruby Soho. Like, I mean, you've mm-hmm. got a lot of different... Um, people who used to be in WWE that it's it's hard not to, and that's the that's the task that this game and hopefully future ones have to do is how do you differentiate yourself from the WWE games? Yes, it's all pro wrestling, but AAW its its television product has done a pretty good job at, at starting to um, really move away. I mean, they're more wrestling focused whereas wwe really leans heavily into the entertainment on top of the wrestling i mean they they you're watching the same stuff you're watching the same thing but it's like presented so much different when i say same thing you're watching professional wrestling um in both Mm -hmm. products but you're getting you know you get the you get the roman reigns storyline in wwe whereas you know what Daniel Bryan does. Daniel Bryan doesn't have to say much and everybody's behind him because of how good of a wrestler he is. Roman Reigns comes out and he's telling stories with his facial expressions and everything. So I don't know. I think that, you know, this is a good chance for this game to really differentiate itself from the the mothership, if if you will, and really just put out on its own. So, I mean, this there's going to be a lot of pressure on this game. And, um, I'm interested to see where that goes. Well, we will see in a month. But we're going to move on to the <laughs> final topic of the night. Everybody, we have had the PlayStation Showcase on May 24th. It's going to be out a little bit later, everybody. And we have seen it. There are games that have been announced. Um... There are remakes that are coming. Um, the other stuff that's been announced is Marvel Spider-Man 2, Konami's Metal Gear Solid 3, uh, Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3, launching on PS5, and the, and the Master Collection. Um, fair Game from Heaven Studio. That's Jade Raymond's um, studio. Um, Helldivers 2, Concord. Um, Marathon, that's uh, Bungie's kind of debut game back from the day. They're bringing that back. Um, they had Sony's portable PS5 streaming handheld, which is going to be launching later this year. Um, they also are having some AirPods with lossless audio and low latency. Alan Wake 2 uh, coming out on October 17th. Assassin's Creed Mirage, um, they, they showed some gameplay from it, and it's coming in October. Um, Fetal Blade Zero, uh, The Talus Principle 2, um, Never, um, there's from the creators of Gree, so Nomada Studios, I'm very excited for that. Um, uh, Sword of the Sea, uh, from the people who made Journey and The Pathless and Abzu, um, their new game, um, a free anime open online open murder tower of fantasy 
is coming out on PS5 and PS4. Um, Altros uh, uh, is another game. Night in the Woods Creators Reveal Revenant uh, Hill. Well, Revenant Hill is the name of the game. For uh, Cat Quest, Pirates of the Pure Parabian. <laughs> Funny name. I love uh, that Dragon's name. Do- Exactly. Uh, Dragon's Dogma 2, Grand Blue Fantasy, Relink. Um, and this was the game that Platinum Games was working with, with side games, but then side games took over um, working on it. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 trailer, um, The Plucky Squirrel, Resident Evil 4 VR, uh, Beat Saver uh, is coming to PSVR 2. Um, it's available right now, so it's a free upgrade for uh, PSVR 2 players. And they play Queen on it, so you can download that pack. Um, Teardown uh, syn- uh, Synopsis uh, is coming out on July 4th for PSVR 2. And then Foam Stars. Squares Enix answer to Splatoon on PS5. So those were all kind of just a little rundown of everything. Um, I'm going to start with you, Sebastian. What are your thoughts about the PlayStation Showcase? You know, as controversial as a lot of people, um, as controversial as this is, I think this is a B-level showcase. I don't think this is an A showcase because I do think this is lacking in the first party portfolio, but as a, as a gamer who enjoys indie games, who knows the lineage of PlayStation, knowing that like the intro of the PS4 era, like indies carried them until, until like PlayStation four was able to put out those big AAA polished level games that we've, we were all craving for like indies were holding it down for that. And if I'm gonna be real with you, I think there were two game of the year caliber games that we were shown in this showcase. Like I think Spider-Man is one of those, and I think Sword of the Sea is another one. Because if I know, like as a lot of people are looking up me, looking at me upside my head right now, they're saying like, "How dare you say Sword of the Sea is a game of the year caliber game?" Well, I know your history, people, because like if you look at the lineage journey won a lot of outlets game of the year when it came out this is from the same creator who did that this looks like it has some of that journey juice to it that same kind of journey mojo to it that a lot of people yes. that no one in the industry has has managed to kind of tap into lately like indies are are like journey was the first game that put indies on a map in a way to where like they felt like they could be game of the year contenders as well so whether you like Journey or not, it, it just it's like you can't argue with the awards that it won. But like yes. I look at the showcase overall and I think Spider-Man 2 was magnificent. This is the way you show that game. This feels like a 2023 high level polished AAA game. This feels like the, the promised one, the chosen one. I don't necessarily think this is going to win game of the year in a year that Zelda came out, you know, like. There's it's going against 20 years of nostalgia. It has no chance. Actually, some people think that the game is going to get delayed. That when they when they said like fall 2023, people were just like, oh, big concerns. And so yeah, I I think those concerns are valid, but I also knowing the history of PlayStation, kind of like what I do. Like if we look at what happened with the God of War showcase um, at, at around this time, like they should did mm. a whole showcase of God of War Ragnarok. 
didn't drop a release date and then like four weeks later dropped a release date with a a nice commercial in a blog post it, the same thing's probably going to happen with spider-man they they and that's like they have they've had a couple exclusives but they're third-party exclusives this year sony's not like playstation's not going a whole year without a exclusive to their name they're not going to do it it's not who I they think are a lot, i think a lot of people feel like because it's been a long time since that game's been announced and revealed, and even though this is like the first kind of gameplay trailer, they should have had a set date. Um, but this fall 2023, they just they really feel like well, that could mean anything. Um, it could, and- but that's that's sort of like a good thing in today's nomenclature because like mm-hmm. you release a date this early in the year and say you got to push it back for two or three weeks, just not even for polish reasons, maybe just for a shipping reason because you know those things happen in our industry as well. Mm-hmm. Like you, like a lot of delays happen for a lot of different reasons, and it's not necessarily. I didn't see anything in that gameplay that let me believe like, oh that needed some time like oh this needs some polish this looks like a complete game and i think i think it's ready i think they're just doing a couple last minute polishing things yeah i i I think it was just because that they seen it that it should have been dated it should have got some kind of date or something i think people would have been fine if it did have to get delayed and the and and it got pushed back but i think they feel like it should have been dated that's what some people feel like. So, I, I, oh, go ahead, that's understandable. That's understandable. Right. Josh, what do you think? I, I was going to say, I think that this game, um, if if they weren't confident in its release they this year, I don't think they'd release the free comic book that they did a couple of weeks ago with it. Because that, that was, I mean, with everything, how it's lined up, they pull... Um, the original Spider-Man off of PS Plus um, earlier this month. Um, clearly in anticipation for this game coming out, they released the free comic book. Um, what was that? A couple weeks ago on free comic book day. That's supposed and to kind of... they got a movie coming out this year. Right. There's so no way they're delaying this. I, I just think, you know, obviously crazier things have happened, but I think that they're fairly confident in this. And I think that keeping that one... In in a year where games have come out delayed, I mean, Tears of the Kingdom was delayed um, into where it's at now. Um, we we learned why recently, but um, you know, um, Star Wars, uh, Starfield, but Star Wars comes out real buggy. Um, you know, I think they're very conscious of that. So I think at this point, keeping it a fall twenty twenty three is your way to under promise and over deliver. Because if you can keep it fall, you know, if, if it's set ready to go. You can you can launch it in September, but if you think, hey, it needs a little bit, we still haven't put a release date on this. End of October is still an option, and that's still fall of twenty twenty three. So I just think, you know, this kind of gives themselves some cover, and I mean that's a different discussion for another day on on releasing games before they're ready. But I think I think they've got to be skittish about how many games have come out and how critical people have been. Scarlet and Violet's been one that's got a lot of hate. Uh, Star Wars came out that's got a lot of um, buggy hate on it. And I just think they want it to to not be that way. So they're saying, Mm -hmm. okay, if something comes up and we've got to delay it back, like you said, Sebastian, a couple of weeks, we don't want to have to sit here and look like, oh, we're no different than all these other games that have gotten deleted. 
Hey, John, were you born in Texas, man? Because we vibing like we can folk, man. We vibing <laughs> like we like we cousins or something right now. I like well, no. So so here here's the story about me. I'm I'm born in Southern California, um, to complete opposite of Texas. Um, I, I was a missionary for my church in Texas for two years. Okay, West Te- West Texas, so Lubbock, Amarillo, Odessa area, all, all, all the parts, all the parts of Texas nobody knows about. Yeah, yeah, you off of the, you off in the desert. You with the wild coyotes and such like that in Texas, <laughs> but like it's all good. You you still drank the sweet tea. Yeah, uh, you ate the barbecue and everything. You soaked in some of that Texas wow. flair, baby, because I could tell the way you talking that g- sweet gospel right now. What are you about to say? <laughs> I, well, and, I, and I've I spent four years out in Phoenix as well, so I I'm all all over the desert. Um, back in Utah, but yeah, no, I I, I man, I, it's been ten years since I've been in Texas, but I I love it out there. Yeah. No, I, I was I was just gonna say that I think if if it did get delayed out of twenty twenty three, that's just what I'm saying. Just use that for example, because what that's some people think it'll get pushed back to next year. I, even if that happened, I don't think Sony could afford it to miss out on this holiday because even though that's a big anticipated game for Sony, just themselves, I don't know what else they have coming out this year for PlayStation Five. From a first party stance, like, I mean, I, well, to be honest, like I, I wouldn't, I'd be very shocked if Last of Us Factions wasn't announced at the Game Awards, the, in uh, not Game Awards, but Summer Game Fest in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. because like it, we, we also saw um, Last of Us Factions. That's when like the announcement debuted. I uh, was with Jeff Keighley as well, so I think they didn't announce that because like they want to keep that tradition and let like. Summer save some of those announcements for Summer Game Fest, and I think Last of Us Factions might be coming out this year as well. Yeah, because like yeah, if Sony doesn't, if Sony doesn't release a game, I, and I kind of was thinking about this, like man, if Sony doesn't release a game this this winter, this fall, whatever, Nintendo is Sony. I mean, Nintendo and Microsoft is going to steal this holiday. Microsoft I mean, is Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft is going to really try to go hard because they're the ones that really need it. Because definitely with Starfield, and, and I, I don't know when Forza Horizon is releasing, but I'm just like, man, if they pull out some of the games that definitely Hellblade too, if they release that this year, Microsoft could end up taking this fall and this winter. Now Nintendo, Nintendo could fall back because they have released a lot. And we don't really know what they're going to do after Pikmin 4 in August. So from September until December, we don't know what Nintendo has planned or anything. Like DLC, or I mean, DLC may be Mario Kart, but we like we don't know NSO or any other first-party games after uh, Pikmin. You know, Metro Prime 4 is the big one, but they may be saving that for a Gamescom uh, in Germany. You know, to, um, to reveal. Yeah, an interesting exactly. thing though, and like a worst case scenario, let's say like everyone's everyone's like horror horror story comes to light, and and play and PlayStation ends up delaying Spider Man into twenty twenty four. They can take the reason why PlayStation can afford to take a year off is because you're king at this point, and also like the Switch sales have been slowing down year over year. GameSpot reported May nineteenth or May 9th that switch scales are um, slowing down 
according to confirmed for this fiscal year by 22 percent. everyone who's probably wants to play a switch has a switch already you know like and considering there's no new console on the horizon nintendo's like most of their sales for this holiday season are probably gonna come on the software side not on the hardware side of things and then like on xbox you you got to put out a good game to entice new people to buy your console can you like the last game of the year contender you had was forza and forza is a racing game there's only so much it can do so a lot's riding on starfield right now and if mm. starfield comes out and it's a seven or eight out of ten that's a failure for xbox for they need a console seller they need a big blockbuster 10 out of 10 game of the year kind of contender at that and at this point that might not be enough for them to like sell xbox units because xbox units have slowed down tremendously as well so I don't like this holiday season is not as big of a deal as like previous holiday seasons. Like I think 2022 and 2021 were really big holiday seasons. We're in the middle of a console generation right now, you know, like, and the PS five is the hot, That's, still the hottest console. That on the is street a right now. question that I want to, and that might be a question we may do on the expansion pass. Are we really in the middle of a console generation or is that console generation just started? Cause people feel like, from the time that those two systems launched until now, it was hard getting systems. Not many games came out for those systems. First party wise, I'm just speaking. And it really and a lot of the power for those systems still are not being recognized. And so I feel like if all of those factor in until this console generation between those two systems, when is it going to start? And will it be too late? you're right that that could be a convert like a podcast conversation all in its own but like i normally i would say like a seven-year cycle a seven-year cycle is normal for a console but the steam deck now exists like we're getting things on the pc handheld pc side of things that's going to accelerate this console generation so i do think we're closer to the halfway point than a lot of people think in, in the industry as well what were you gonna say josh oh you're you're muted josh yes I was going to say that the the pandemic really screwed up a lot of this stuff because PlayStation Five launches at what like in the middle of twenty twenty when 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 things are the I mean no, we just at, barely the came end. At, at the end of twenty yeah okay so but I mean we were still twenty twenty was COVID was still was still a hot thing like things were things were shut down things were delayed um, you go all the way to now and I think what sales have just barely like uh stocks been able to keep up with demand finally um and so you know it, it i agree i think we're in the middle of the of the console generation but also the pandemic's kind of skewed what that is because we're still making these cross-platform games where they can't use the full extent of the ps5 because they're having to make game for the ps4 still as well so i think and, and in terms of if spider-man gets delayed out I think Sony's got enough. They're third party, yes, but enough exclusives to hopefully carry it into the early part of 2024 because you got Final Fantasy 16 coming out that's going to be a six-month exclusive Mm -hmm. on the PS5, and likely Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is going to be another exclusive that you can only get there for probably six months as well. Um, That I just think... Exciting games galore. Mm -hmm. Galore on that console. So yeah, it's it like place, on. 
Yeah, but and I mean, yeah, but we're talking about, like if we're talking about like how big of a year this is for PlayStation overall, even outside of the exclusive game, like they mm-hmm. are having a banger year. Like if you're looking at all the library of games that are coming out for of PS5, like you don't necessarily need a big blockbuster exclusive. It's nice to have one, but you don't need one. Well, and I think catching up on your stock is is a really good way to go because you, I mean, how long were you hampered by, oh, you want a PlayStation 5? I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait six months to get one. Now, you know, I, I think the games help out a lot because a lot of people will say there's not much of a reason to have a PS5 right now just because a lot of these games do come out on PS4. But we're starting to see that now where, the PS5 okay. is becoming it because Final Fantasy 16, what that's able to accomplish, can't can't do it. Sorry, Ed, go I ahead. Think, no, I think with the PS5 sales that people are buying it, yes, I do agree that it's going up. I think a lot of people are trying to go back for the backlog stuff um, instead of the now stuff. Because um, games like Returnal, Ratchet and Clank with the Park, um, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Ghost of Tsushima, like the Last of Us PS5 version, like a lot of that stuff that they missed when the system came out. I think a lot of people are going back to get those games and play and stuff because even though Final Fantasy 16 is a great game that people are looking forward for, definitely with Street Fighter 6 and stuff, you know. Street Fighter 6 Mortal Kombat Tekken 8 on PS5, those are probably going to be big games for evil because Sony owns evil, so it. Those those games on those systems, people are going to get ready to uh, play because they're it's Sony. They're going to be like, yeah, you only can play them on PlayStation Five for our tournament and stuff. You know, they can't. Sony really can't go anywhere else or anything to play some of the games. So if it comes on PlayStation Five for a fighter, they're going to go for it and stuff. And then you got PlayStation Plus uh, Essentials and stuff that people are going to hop on and play some of those games. And if uh, that's the only way that you could play Final Fantasy VII and everything. Um, they're going to go ahead and do that. Well, Alan Wake 2 is coming off so for Xbox also. Yeah, yeah. It's it's still going to be one of those that is like, you know, a lot of people are going to be playing a lot of these third-party games like mm-hmm. throughout, throughout the fall. Like, um, I, you know, like, just like Starfield is going to be Xbox is probably like exclusive for the fall. That, and I would bet Forza Motorsport is also coming out this fall as well. It's like... It's supposed to be summer, but and that was a. I think that the same way that they were people worried about Spider Man was the same thing people worried about Starfield and Forza because just like why are you still giving us these uh, months and years and everything yeah. and and I think it's because and I think the reason some people might say well Nintendo does does the same thing why they get they get you know uh, like people don't complain pass. about them. Right, and I'll I'll say this, definitely with the breath with uh, Tears of the Kingdom, Anuma came out and explained, not truly explained, but said we had to delay the game. The producer of the game made a video and let everybody know that they had to delay the game. Every time these other companies do the same thing, we get a press release on Twitter. You know, I I. Oh, I, I think it's ahead. a lose-lose situation. A delay a delay is still negative press and versus mm-hmm. like you, if you say a month or just give a, a fall window, you don't have to have that negative press at all. Oh, like and oh uh 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I, no. I, 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 that was the whole point end. I was making. Oh. Go ahead. And uh, when Anuma made his his announcement for the delay, he had, he teased us with new um, footage to show you progress on the game and stuff. So I think a pe- so certain people follow that route. Like if if they came in saying, "Hey, we know we promised this, but we had to apologize. We gotta apologize because this, this, this," and get some new footage and stuff, and be like, "We're excited to let you guys know when we're be when we'll be able to see it." I think people will be fine with that. I think a Nintendo and just and this mostly just been the Zelda series. I think a Numa now coming out and saying something about it that shows not just kind of good leadership. I think that gives more assurance to people that LA he was man enough to come in saying that we had to break our promise and delay this game. He gave us a little bit of something with some video and then disappear so they could work on the game. He didn't come out and do a press release. It adds a so, human element to it. It adds, you know, yes. it feels more transparent and too. I, I get what you're saying. It's just like it, the negative aspect of that and Zelda didn't have to face that because it hit his date. But imagine if you came out as you as a person came out and said, like, hey, like, I know y'all are really anticipating this game. Like, if I'm Sebastian, CEO of PlayStation, yeah. hey, everyone, I know y'all are really anticipating Spider-Man 2. It's unfortunate that we're going to have to delay this game. Here's some new footage of this game, and here's a new release date. And then, like, f- f- let's say two months go by, and I, and I, and then we have to come back and say, like, oh, guys, by the way, sorry I lied before. Here's our new new date. You know what I'm talking about? You look real mm-hmm. bad in that situation, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or or, or, just, or at least at least said when we we uh, we have a new de- release date and more information for you in the future. But we had to delay the game. I think, like you said, having that human element. If you added that, I think people will be like, okay, it's going to be delayed. But there's other games coming on. My anticipation of this game is still there, or it may even grow stronger, and I cannot wait to release it. I'm I'm curious about something, y'all. Like, what besides Spider-Man Two? What what did y'all think about the showcase overall? Josh, I'm gonna let you go, and then I'll say my thoughts after. Uh, my mine's just uh, up and down kind of thing, in a sense. So I haven't watched the whole thing. I, I've read about what's in there, and I've seen a few trailers um, of what's in there. Um, Man, these these times are really killer for for me because I have nine to five jobs. So this yeah. aired in the middle of the day, so I haven't had a chance to sit down. And I'm and when I come home, I've got two children that need that they they need a lot. So, um, but I I did really like, um, and it's just because I'm geeking out over Final Fantasy 16. I like the trailer. I like that we got to see a lot more of the story mm-hmm. that's going around. Because, I mean, we, we've heard this is going to be a darker story. And it's going to be a lot more violent than what previous Final Fantasy. But this one really gave you a glimpse into kind of the dark fantasy um, setting and and how this game is, hope- is going to story-wise play out a little bit more. Um, so I think I thought that was a pretty... Um, good one the other one too that i think i'm really anticipating and this is just comes back from my not playing a lot of playstation was but the metal gear solid stuff looked really intriguing to me the 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 original three games remastered pack as well as the um metal gear solid um three remake that looked really something that's really now on my radar because i've never played any of those games and 
you know, bringing mm-hmm. them to modern consoles. I'm always for bringing these older games to modern consoles. Like, um, so I, I'm a fan of, of seeing that there. And I think, was that a later this year as well? I believe no. the, the, no, the, the three pack. Oh yeah. That, that I think is, yeah, for sure. I think yeah, the, 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 connection, right? the, yeah, the, the remake wasn't, yeah, that one, they just said coming soon, but the, the collection of the first three game remastered, mm-hmm. I think that they said fall 23. Yeah, I think they said autumn specifically, but yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah, th- those are the ones I'm intrigued in. I mean, there's a couple others I definitely would want to um, check out. Um, what was it? The um, oh, Why am I forgetting the name? Um, Dragon's Dogma. That looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon's Dogma 2, excuse me, as well as that. Um, and you mentioned it there, Sebastian, the Sword of Sea or... Mm-hmm. What was mm-hmm. my, sword yeah, of that the sea? Yeah, sword of the sea. Okay, yeah, that one looked pretty cool to me. I'm a, I, I'm fairly new to indies as well, and I've been enjoying kind of diving into some of these games. So this this looks like one that I think I'm gonna enjoy. Let me know what you like, and I can hook you up, man. I can give you a list. <laughs> I've got a couple sitting on my on my Switch, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I, I really it's it's a newer thing that. Because I mean, I've always been like, oh, you got to get the 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 AAA games and all that yeah. stuff. And I'm finding that, um, like, I played recently, and Ed, Ed heard me talk about this, The Last Campfire. Oh, I love that one. That was yes. a lot of fun, and it was really surprisingly deep for a game, especially an indie game. It it totally kind of set the the standard of like, okay, so this is what an indie game can do. Like, yeah, that that's not sense. like because I I played Hollow Knight as well and. Um, is Shantae considered indie? Way forward? I would, no. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider that technically indie game, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I played a few here and there. Yeah. There, there's some, they're really coming up in the world. You know, that, yeah, that's a solid list. Ed, what did you think about this? So it was a okay show. Okay. Um, and I'm not hating on it or anything. Um, I thought the Starship Trooper looking game was campy as ever. Uh, Hell Divers too, everybody. I thought that was <laughs> campy as ever as a as a two thing. So that's very interesting. Um, Metal Gear Solid Three remake was weird, but now that I'm thinking about it, okay, they couldn't remake uh one because I think Nintendo holds the pattern for that remake because of twin snakes on GameCube. Nintendo paid for that development. Um and I think I it's think, exclusive. Um, I think I from my understanding I think Konami still owns the rights though. And that's Konami why they're doing the owns, collection, right? Could yeah Konami owns the rights um but I think the exclusive like a remake thing still belongs to Nintendo. Um, so so because from they my understanding I'm like from people I talk to in the industry, it's like the reason why they're doing three first, like uh, Snake Eater first, is because like mm. it um, narratively structured is the first, it, like it's a prequel to everything. So like if yeah. you're rebooting a story, they, you know, like you can reboot it from the ground up like this. Yeah, I, I think people were expecting one to be redone because it was a PlayStation 1 game. And I think that's what everybody logic was. But I'm just like, well, it's already been remade because Nintendo did it. So three, since that was only exclusive to PS2, um, 
that one can get the remake treatment and everything. And I think people like three because it was a new ex. It was a, not only a new story kind of to tell, um, but I think the gameplay ideas and stuff were different and everything. Mm-hmm. So I could understand that. It, it was just weird that they were, they went with three and stuff. It was a cool trailer though. Don't get me wrong. Um, Spider Man three, Spider Man two didn't do nothing for me, and the only reason why. Uh, it's because it's. I'm sorry, it's Somniac and Sony. I know the chase sequence that y'all like to do with trailers is just fine. It's the. I know this is not the way that this game is going to be in everything because I know this thing is going to drag out longer than what it is. Sometimes the quick, the QTEs is in, in these games don't really match up until the, like, oh, that looks good. And then you try to do them in the actual game. And um, sometimes the, it doesn't um, react real fast. Yeah, it's just like you press it and then you just see Spider-Man fall into the sea and die as the game over. Just be like, but I I didn't think that you told me to do it. So, so I I'm taking it with a grain of salt. I know it's gonna sell because it's a Spider-Man by Insomniac. Insomniac is a great developer and everything. So I mean, it is just what it is. Um, but it really didn't do nothing for me and. Uh, I, I love Never. Never was good. Um, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. The, I'm like, oh, y'all really was watching Spirits of the Way. And, um, no, not Spirits of the Way. Sorry. Y'all was really watching Pokemon. Uh, Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> Mononoke. Princess Mononoke. You guys really was watching that and stuff. I like um, that. that it's a classic. Yeah. So, but I am. That's a game that I'm definitely going to get. I, I hope it doesn't. I. <laughs> I wanted to be a Switch also, to release on Switch also. Only reason because I own uh, Green on Switch first, and I want to get that, and then I'll get it on PS5 later on. I don't know. Um, everything else just looked it, it just looked it bland and uninteresting. Just be like, I think I did this already before, um, and everything. And I, I, I once again, it just didn't have that much variety. Now, um, oh man, me and you are on a different wavelength because, like, just, I think this I, I, had like so much variety. I, I don't think it variety in the sense that it didn't feel like any different PlayStation showcase. I think it always follows the same kind of look and feel to it. So I think it it hasn't changed anything up about it, and I and I know I'm probably gonna get some worse about this. I think February's Nintendo Direct really set a hard bar for presentation and having a variety. Only reason Aww. why I'm saying that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Only reason why I'm saying, only reason why I'm saying that is because of the way people reacted to it, the games that people were talking about. There were there were more interactions definitely on social media about the Nintendo Direct. I literally tried to look at different people. I don't know, I follow a lot of PlayStation people. I tried to really follow people during the re- during the show uh, showcase for reactions, and I didn't see barely anything. I just just I, I just felt like people 
not being let down, but you would think that, oh, this is cool. I'm hyped. You would thought that a lot of people would be hyped about a lot of stuff from that showcase. And it wasn't. If it wasn't Spider-Man or Murder Gear Solid, nobody was talking about anything else. Yeah. You know, I, I, I do I, think like I think a lot I think that goes to expectations to where like you talked about Nintendo's um Nintendo showcase earlier this year. A lot of that showcase rev like a lot of that showcase was about first party stuff. Uh, don't get me wrong, like there were some third party inclusion there, but it was started indie. Yeah, I mean, but think about it like this, like what what were more more people excited about in that showcase? Because I like Metroid Prime came out as one of the big things. Metroid. Pikmin came out as one of the big things, and then Zelda Tears of the Kingdom came out as one of those big things. The All NS of those outside the NSO, the level five stuff, like um that because level five stopped making stopped publishing games in the in the west we were we stopped getting level five games for a long time and level five do make games for a playstation so mm-hmm. it, it so it was a lot of people were just shocked that level five would come out and bring games back from the west even though nintendo's gonna publish them but people were just like there were indie games i think there was just the variety of games that came out, people re- were reacting and being anticipated and saying, this is a game I'm going to buy. This is a game I'm going to get. And I just didn't feel that same way with the showcase. I'm not saying that it was a bad showcase, but I'm just like, everybody was hyped to see what they were going to bring. And I think it's because everybody placed their expectation that Bloodborne 2 uh, Bloodborne 2 was going to be revealed. Final Fantasy 16 demo was going to come. Metal Gear Solid remake was going to come for the first game, but not the third and stuff. People thought Mortal Kombat 1 would be there. I, I think no, there was some. I, I don't think they thought Mortal Kombat 1 was going to be there because that's been announced for um, the show, like the Summer Game Fest. The so Summer I, Game Fest, yeah. Yeah. So but I do, I, think, but I do think you're right. I think like this was going to be like a lot of people thought this was going to be like you know how Marvel announces like the MCU Phase mm-hmm. Two and Phase Three. I think a lot of people thought this was going to be the big phase of first party announcements, and we didn't get that first party announcements. Right, and and I, I do and, think. And, oh, sorry, Ed, go ahead. Oh, oh no, I was just going to say, and I think Marathon is a good thing that Bungie is doing, but you're putting out a game that a lot of PlayStation Five owners don't. And a lot of gamers of today do not know. People don't know the history of of Marathon. And you and to really understand that game, you had to be a PC player um, before that because Marathon wasn't on console. That was even before Bungie got with Microsoft to do Halo. People don't know that history. So the reaction to the to Marathon dead flat. I, I yeah I don't I think that's an IP problem too but it's also like mm-hmm. a presentation problem because like you got to pre- present the game to make people care about it and I don't think they did that here like also you know like I'm I see like a lot of a lot of that a lot of the games as a service type of games that PlayStation looks like they're leaning towards here and I know mm-hmm. like a lot of the industry myself includes included hates games as a service games and like half of that service like project haven's game a lot of like the game that looks like splatoon looks like multiplayer and games as a service games that's not what most people play playstation for like most people do not play playstation for multiplayer games they do not play it for games as a service games 
PlayStation to me and for a lot of gamers is the cream mm-hmm. of the crop with single player narrative games. What were you going to say? And, to oh, yeah. Go um, I, I just was going to say, I, I think when we look at this one compared to the other showcases we've had, um, or I guess they weren't. Were they show? Were they called showcases when they had we had the Justice League or excuse me the that Suicide? A, that was a state of play, but yeah, you're state right. of yeah. play. But I mean, in terms of the presentation, I think this was a safe one. It didn't break any ground. The mm-hmm. showcase because I mean, you you had your Suicide Squad state of play that that's now delayed into next year. Thank so that one kind of become. <laughs> and then you you had your your Final Fantasy 16 one that and that's. What, a month now until that game mm-hmm. comes out. So I think this was something that's safe. It, it could be something that's building toward um, with, with E3 gone. And I, you guys have been talking about Summer Showcase. You know, they could be building some more of these titles to that. Because, I mean, we, we still, there were some people who were, at least the ones I was seeing, were wanting Marvel's uh, Wolverine, some kind of snippet on that, um, you know, some other games there. And I think those might come at a bigger at a later date in the summer, but I think this was maybe a let's play it safe because the last two state of plays haven't a lot of people have said that's it. And this one seems to have been like you both have been saying, okay, not great, but not awful. So I think it's a, it's a safe bet for them to, to, to really showcase some of their, their heavy hitters. And mm-hmm. I mean, you throw a Spider-Man in there, that's going to be a good one that's going to draw the attention, and then you can fill it out with some of these other ones that aren't. You know, they they gave us our vegetables, and they gave us they gave us dessert as well. Yeah, I yeah. think in a, I think a lot of people wanted narration or some kind of breakdown on what they are seeing and what they're going to be expecting in the future. Because I think when that was one of the problems, everybody was just like, yeah, it looks good, but I don't know what the game is about. I don't know why I'm doing this stuff. And if you're showing me something, because the first time, or not first time, the moment you show someone do some one-on-one fighting, guess what? Oh, it's another Dark Souls game. Or, you know, it's another one of this that's already been done. Oh, it's a multiplayer game. Oh, it's live service and stuff. And so people started start thinking about that. And they were just like, we have seen this and got received this too many times from the PlayStation Showcase. I think that's why a lot of the past ones, I would say the one that I think is still the best that PlayStation has, PlayStation has done for PS5 was to reveal a PS5 in those games. And stuff. People were understanding what they were getting when they got the system and the games that were coming for it. I think after that, everything just literally felt the same. And people were just like, "I don't, I'm, I'm, I've done this before. It looks, it looks good when you're showcasing it, but I don't know what this game is going to be about. It's another Space Marine game. It's another CGI trailer, and people are kind of." Over. Some of the gamers are kind of over that, so maybe that's why I probably wasn't seeing good reactions or no reactions at all, because people were just like, uh, like even PS2 V, PS, uh, PSVR2, people were just like oh, another shooting game with the with PSVR2, another this, another that, and it was just, it just a lot of people just felt like, hmm. So can yeah, I can see. It. I mean, I think it's more so about what the showcase was missing more so than it was about like anything else like because to be honest if like there's rumors that uncharted game is being made like there's also rumors that we're getting an uncharted game of like blue points doing something 
Bloodborne has been a franchise people have been salivating for. Like, we are, where's Ghost of Tsushima 2? Where, you know, Ghost of Tsushima 2, that, that's something that people are salivating for. What is now, like, what is the God of War team working on? Like, can we get an update there? I think it's more of, like, we are at a point to where, like, there's so many different studios that we need mm. a confirmation on what's coming next down the pipeline for them. Like, because, like, a lot of the, a lot of those studios already dropped their quote unquote bombs for this generation, and now we're waiting to see what they what else they bring to the table for the back half of the generation. And I think like I'm, I think that's where people oh. are like, oh man, I wish we got a little more meat on the bones there. Right, and I know I know Santa Monica is working on a new IP. Yeah. Um. At this time, I know God of War. Derek Holden. I we want to see God of War for the next three years, because uh, of the last one, Ragnarok coming out last year. Um. I think is um Naughty Dog is still focusing on the Last of Us. I don't think they announced anything new. Like I don't think they announced Last of Us Factions is rumored to be working on right now. Okay, but n- but not a new IP or anything or like a no. next game. That's not okay. So we don't know about that. Um, yeah, it, it's yes, Insomniac is doing uh is doing Spider Man uh two, and I think uh who's the Ghost of Tsushima? Um, Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. I know they're focusing on that game, but that's not going to get so. That game probably won't get revealed to. I would say maybe closer to the end of twenty four, and everything. Because I know Sucker Punch takes their time with their games. Sucker Punch does so, so good work. They do really good. Yeah, work. and I I think they're still building that world, like the story, the landscapes, doing the all the artwork and stuff. So I think they're taking that that time. Um. I, I think the American developers from Sony are so busy with certain projects and stuff that I wish they kind of focus on their smaller or Japanese teams. And I think if they would have did that, I think the showcase would have been a little bit better and there would have been less worried about first party stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, like, I think people buy consoles and buy consoles mostly for the first party portfolio like mm-hmm. we it would have been interesting to see what team Asobi's working on whether it be another like wh- whether it be another um we just talked about that franchise little astrobot yeah wh- mm-hmm. it would have been interesting to see what they're working on like we just it- got something with with gorilla games with horizon so like throw them out of the window but like what is housemark working on they just put out returnal like a little while ago like it, you know like update on what oh, they're working on would be cool housemark is going to be quiet for a while because they just did that ps5 not ps5 that pc port so yeah I, I don't know. yeah but they also had help like with that port but then like you also yeah. look at Mita Mo- molecule the team that did little big planet little big planet's been out for a while you know like what's that team working on now you have um, so um what was that game game maker game that they made uh that they just stopped doing dreams um, dreams yeah they should stop working on dreams and doing updates so i think they're probably working on a new game i would say this i sorry spider-man 2 i think you should have saved for i think that should have been safe for uh a state of play on this, its own long. uh a state of play on its own or the summer games face I literally would have been like, let's see what y'all doing with SOCOM. You talking to, you talking about tier list of games for Nintendo, Sebastian? SOCOM uh, was SOCOM. 
Boy, get out of here. SOCOM versus no, Spider-Man. So- no, no, no. I'm talking about, you're talking about tier, a tier list of games. Uh-huh. So, uh, to think, to see what Sony could do with, because so- SOCOM was big on PS2 and PS3. SOCOM was high level of a name that Sony literally rep- uh, respected. So, it's kind of weird to see that that game, that name dropped off. I think if SoCon would have ended the show, I think there would have been no. a lot of talk. I, I swear, I think SoCon would have. I think SoCon would have had a lot of talk. I'm not saying I'm not saying that Spider Man wouldn't have the talk or wouldn't got the love that it gave, but I think if Spider Man had a bigger breakdown and a bigger focus, more people would be talking about it. SoCon would have got people talking to be like, "Wait, what? Y'all bringing this back?" And then the, the discussion about that show would have been different. I think there's, uh, I think you can go through a lot, a litany of like, of PlayStation first party studios that, uh, first party like IP that probably would have got mm-hmm. a, a bigger response than SOCOM. I think well, you could have yeah. went Infamous, would have got a bigger response than SOCOM. You could have went like Sly Cooper, would have probably been a like, let's oh, go. Sly Cooper, uh, Sly Cooper would have just got some love. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, if you're going for shock and value. And I think that's what this presentation needed. It needed the SOCOM. It needed the uh, Sly Cooper, the infamous. I think it needed that because it's just like, you're talking about franchises being forgotten on the Nintendo platform. Think of all the franchises that's been forgotten on the Sony platform. And if they could have got those out and it could have been quirky, it could have been cool, it got people talking, I think this PlayStation Showcase would have had a higher... Uh, not I won't say a higher grade or or anything, but mm-hmm. there has been a more reactions, more interactions and discussions. I would have been talking about Sly Cooper with y'all. I would have been talking about SoCon. Just be like, can y'all believe they brought this? Bam, let's talk about. It. I asked. Um, and we're gonna be wrapping up the show, everybody soon. Um, <laughs> I asked. Uh. Uh, carpool gaming. I asked their PlayStation Drive. I asked them, "What if they did Lair for PSVR 2 And they was like, "Lair." First of all, people don't remember Lair for PS3. <laughs> and how, uh, Josh, go read the reviews for Lair, <laughs> and you will be like, "Oh wow!" Um, the Order eighteen eighty six. If that came with a sequel. No, don't nobody want to order eighteen eighty six. But I, but I, but but for real, you think about it. Of the order eighteen eighty six, because people do want a sequel to that. They want this. They want the. They want the story to be finished in a sense, and they think that it's time that that game get uh maybe goes to a different developer and everything. Maybe a Somniac taker or someone who I, Gorilla could take it, but I'm like uh or eighteen eighty six. Uh, I think you needed someone who knows third party, uh, not third party. I'm sorry, over third person over the shoulder action and everything. I think you should. They, I think they need to find a different developer to, to do it because Ready at Dawn, I think, did the first one. I'll be real with you. It's one un, one Uncharted game, whether it be a Lost Legacy style game or just like an overall overall uh like nathan drake's like daughter cassie like style mm-hmm. game would have done it for a lot of people just that game oh, yeah, alone that would. yeah that would. i think that game think... alone would have carried this whole showcase in that in that next tier that you're talking about yeah but i think like the order 1886 i think that would have got people talking about it. i think people the more interest in that game would have came back for it 
Because I'm just like, man, oh, you are mute. I was going to say, I don't know, man. Like, eight, Order 1886, I don't even think the developers are interested in making that game anymore. Well, the Ready at Dawn is doing, Ready at Dawn is somewhere else. I think somebody else owns them now. Yeah. Uh, I'm about and to I'm say, it's like, like, I don't know yeah, about that I think, one. I think, I think some wackiness, but yet remembrance for games for PlayStation would have been fine. We're going to wrap it up, everybody. Uh, final thoughts, Josh. Final thoughts, Sebastian. And then I'll give my final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts, Josh. Um, th- this showcase did add a lot more game to my ever-growing list of PlayStation titles to, to try out. Um, but, no, I mean, like I said, I think it was a safe. It was safe. I mean, take that for better or for worse. But, I mean, it was a safe thing that, um, for me at least, you know, being the newer PlayStation owner, it's kind of cool to see a wider scope of, of different things because I don't know much. I know what the big games are. I've explored through the PS Plus a little bit, but it's kind of seeing more there. It, it helps me kind of develop that because I, I can go in and out of what Nintendo games and what, you know, games appear on there like like the back of my hand. This one, these showcases really helped me out. So, I mean, it, w- it was good for me as a newer player. Sebastian, final thoughts. Well said, Josh. Um, I, you know... I think the big takeaway is it's like PlayStation's leaning heavily on the indies and Lindy indies and like Spider-Man until like the big games get more get ready and get that oomph behind them to where like mm-hmm. they're ready to just drop bomb after bomb on us to where they're like, hey, everyone, this is a showcase where we got Ghost of Tsushima, Uncharted, um, Last of Us Factions, Last of Us Part 3. We got, you know, like. We got whatever Sony Band is working on where they can just go boom, 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 boom. And I, you know, like, I think a lot of people wanted this showcase to be that. And it's unfortunately, unfortunately, it's not. But, like, for indie lovers out there, plenty of games for y'all to try. Like, everyone go give indies a shot. They are well-deserving. And a lot of the times, punch well above their weight, especially on these big, juicy consoles where they're not held back by, by, like, a lot of, like, old hardware. So, yeah, um solid about that spider-man looks like my type of game i haven't been impressed with tears of the kingdoms and you know that's just me who i am as a gamer spider-man is my type of game like yeah like that's that's just me who me uh, that's who i am as a gamer like tears of the kingdom take it or leave it i leave it like i've been playing it just to just for completionist sake like but other than that like Spider-Man looks like everything I want out of a video game and more. F- high fidelity, high frame rate, like gorgeous visuals, good story. Bada bing, bada boom. It looks like a big AAA blockbuster game that I want to play from 2023. So, yeah, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. And, and I gotta say, and like, and like I said, I give props to Insomniac. They're one of my favorite uh, developers of all time. I do love Insomniac. So I don't want to get that wrong, everybody. I do this and something yet. I just wish I would have did a resistance connection because I want to play that series again. <laughs> don't put, don't make them do that. Make put these uh put Blue Point or some other studio on that. They they doing they doing some good work. They doing a large work right now, giving us Spider Man and Mar and X Men and Wolverine. And you want them to go back to resistance? Please, man. I, I said a connection. No, no. Resistance uh-uh. is good. And resistance is solid. I I agree with you. Just let's let's get some bootleg team off the street to help out on doing uh-uh. this. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I do love Blue Point too. A shout out to them. Mm-hmm. They 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 do phenomenal work too. 
Yeah, shout out to Bad um, Boys. They're they're great. Uh, for me, um, it was an okay show. I wish there was more wackiness. There was some, some narration for some of the games. A lot of it, it cool presentations, I will say. Uh, the PSVR stuff didn't do nothing for me. Uh, Spider-Man didn't do nothing for me. I know it's going to be a great game, like I said. Um, never looks really good. I just think that they could have had more variety, in my opinion, for it. Um, and so, um, not not a bad show. I, I'm definitely going to be rewatching it, so I could, you know, um, check it out. Like I've been, I've been rewatching some of the Nintendo Directs. I've actually went back and watched the direct developer developers direct for Microsoft and stuff. Like I do go back and watch these shows just to see at that time how we felt to when these games actually come out to be like oh okay i see their improvement i see the changes uh, i understand what they're going for um so um i, I think they just could have asked some more and definitely more first party you know um yeah you're selling good you're selling high ps5 uh systems and people want to play these third party games i mean not third party sorry they want to play these first party games from sony and you know, they don't want to be let down and everything. So, um, it was a it was a okay show. Um, could have been better. Could have been more diverse. Um, but with that, everybody, that is going to be it for Jump Off Point, our first two hour episode. <laughs> uh, uh, we had we, we, we breaking had, new ground here. <laughs> we had good discussions. Talked about different video games, some good old wrestling talk. So you are you if you love your wrestling, you know, uh Sebastian and Josh got you on lock with that. But everybody, I wanna thank you, Josh. I wanna thank you, Sebastian, for joining us. Have a great week. Have a great weekend and we'll see you next time on Jump Off Point. Bye everybody. Bye everyone. Bye. So long like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> the extended edition. <laughs> no, right. Uh, actually, I was thinking about that. I know we about to go. I was actually thinking about the Lord of the Rings, and I, uh, we was talking about a Zelda show, a Zelda movie. Um, for uh, for that, and I think Lord of the Rings sets a good example for medieval stuff. And, right, everybody. We'll talk to you later. See you it's next time. Jump off point. <laughs> Bye.